Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today I am sitting down with one of my very dearest friends, Kira Mendenhall, who forced me to be her best friend. <laughs> and we can t- we'll can we talk all about that, but she did. And I'm really, really so glad she did. Um, but let's like say hey to Kira and give us a little bit of background about yourself, Kira. My name is Kira Mendenhall. With a double I, I. With two I's, one R and an A in that order. And I am a South Carolina born and bred. I was born in Greenville, went to Clemson, and then um, wasn't sure what I wanted to do after college. Came down here actually for nursing school, then went to nurse practitioner school. I am now a nurse practitioner at uh, MUSC in the CVICU. And Okay, slow down. Oh, okay. Okay, for where we are is Charleston, A. Oh, what did I say? W- w- down here. Oh. <laughs> we might have some new listeners. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And the CVICU means? The Cardiovascular Intensive Care Unit. Care is very smart, y'all. I try. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay, keep going. Um, and then I um, started making art uh, in my house, and that is my main passion, the thing that... One day I will be famous for, you heard it here first, and I teach at the works with Sarah, who I hate when she says I'm her dearest friend because I'm her best friend, (laughs) and that's offensive. (laughs) It's true. It's true, folks. If Kira and I take class together, and I know I have like a client, like I usually stack my days, so if I teach it... 7, 8.30, and Kira takes my 8.30, and I know like at 9.45 I have a client coming in, I have to prep her. I'm like, okay. So I have a client coming in. I can't give you the long goodbye <laughs> and the long hug. Like I have to go. But that's what makes you you is like you're so passionate about everything you do and you're such a lover. So I want to tap into, we're going to go like go backwards. So let's talk about your love for yoga, where it started, how it started. Start there. Um, so I first started doing yoga probably like I want to say probably 10 years ago. And the first place I went to was uh, Bikram downtown on spring. And uh, my friend Anna actually convinced, she was like, let's do a week long Bikram. And I'd never done yoga, went to the first class and I loved it. And we were like walking across the street to our car. And I was like, oh my God, I love that so much. And before I even finished talking, projectile vomited everywhere because it was so fucking hot in that room. But you know what? That's where it began. Then I started going to Charleston Power Yoga and um, from there have kind of been doing it on and off. Some years I go, would used to go all the time. And some years I didn't go that much depending on what other exercises I was into at the time. But, um, did my yoga teacher training two springs ago and then knew I wanted to teach at the works and just weaseled my way right on in. (laughs) She did. You really did. Tell them how you did. Um, so as someone that I knew from Charleston power yoga, she, um, actually was like, you need to teach at the works. It is the best studio in town, which guys, it's true. The rumors are true. Um, and she, got me to audition. And before I went and taught there, I thought I was like hot shit teacher because in my teacher training, I felt like from the start, it was just like, not easy for me, but it's easy for me to get up in front of a group of people, I guess, and talk and do that kind of thing. So that kind of came naturally to me. And so then I auditioned for Sarah and she was like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) who is this girl? I remember the first thing she said to me was she was like, 
Wow, you have a lot of energy. That's <laughs> and, a good thing, though. And so I did my um, I did my apprenticeship um, where I taught like five classes, one each week, and auditioned again. And Sarah was like, "Okay, you need some work," and I was devastated like I was sobbing for days I mean my eyes are tearing up just thinking about it y'all wait wait pause this is what a good leader does that's love your eyes are tearing up (laughs) y'all you can't handle rejection it's not it wasn't rejection it was like this was me loving you and telling you you needed some work so then I had to be with a uh, scary, scary Maggie, who's another one of our teachers. And she kind of whipped me into shame. She was like, lock it up. You need to stop crying so much. Oh my God, this is why you don't like Maggie. <laughs> I love you, Maggie. And, um, and, you know, then after that, I did five more weeks with Maggie and then passed my second audition and have been teaching my one class a week ever since. And so let me tell y'all why Kira teaches at the works. Okay. So yes, she's like a huge part of the community. Everybody at the works knows her probably more than some of the people that are on the schedule regularly, but Kira shows up to classes. She knows everybody. Everybody knows her. She's such a love, but she's really there because she likes our group text. (laughs) It's where it goes down. You know, it is some of the things that I've learned on that group text message are blown my mind. So I get it. (laughs) Like we have one friend, Dakota, he moved to, Charlotte to be with his boyfriend and he was like just please don't take me off the group text <laughs> I was like really <laughs> um well so all right so you teach your one class I teach my one class and um every week I think about giving it up because even now like a year later it's still very stressful to me to teach yoga um, because you teach one fucking class <laughs> but once you get in the room and you get moving um It's like you have to be so, so present in that moment that the second you finish, your, like, whole life has changed. Mm -hmm. Like, I walk into that room at 5.30. Like, this morning I walked in at 5.30, and I was just annoyed by a bunch of other stuff. And I said to my class, I was like, I'm annoyed by circumstances right now, and I know the second I start moving and shaking it off, like, literally shaking it off, that I'll be changed and snap my fingers 45 minutes later, I felt like a different person. And it's it's like a crazy high to lead all these people through the breath work and there's no phones in the room which like makes me think we all need to go somewhere and not be with our phones for a week because being present for 45 minutes is like the purest 45 minutes of my week Mm -hmm. I agree and what you said too and I kind of joke about it but I was telling my class the other day I was like when I've probably said it several times because, you know, I'm a one-trick pony lately <laughs> these days. Um, but, like, it's teaching is the best drug I've ever done. And yeah. I've done some drugs. I mean, it really is. It's like you have these people and it's like this captive audience. And not just that, but you look around and these people are, and like, you can see people's faces and they're like, you're, and they're in it and they're feeling it. And it's so, man, it's the best thing ever. I know. I think, like, um... I like to say that my class is like part yoga, part stand-up comedy routine because I like I love it. to get the class giggling. Um, but I, when the whole class laughs at something I say, it is like, I mean, I just have a smile from ear to ear. So you're so basically, <laughs> we're doing everything that you're not supposed to do as a yoga teacher. It's about us. <laughs> no, we're really here holding space. However, 
I'm all about the interaction too. And I think that's what makes the community so special and why I'm so glad that you did that. And I think you'll remember this when we were at our pop-up in Mount Pleasant and you had just finished your second re-audition or whatever. And I was talking about how like the things that you want in your life, you have to work hard for. And you did it. Yeah. And now you're like, class is one of the um, best. You're, you teach once a week and it's like going, it's like getting a t- like a ticket to like a fish show. <laughs> it's like you wait in line and then it's like, oh my God, there's a spot that opened. It's Kira's class. It was, um, I will say, very <clears throat> challenging for me because after I didn't uh, get the job after that first audition or first apprenticeship, I remember saying to you, like, I just want to give up. And not that, like, everything comes easy to me, but a lot of things come easy to me. And so we're, like, most of the things in my life, if I think back of things that I didn't do, it's because at the point where it got hard, I was like okay, well, I'll just do something else. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things where you were like, and you didn't even know me really, but you were like, no, you're going to stick with this. No, I remember what I said to you. I said, (laughs) you can go teach somewhere else and be at the top, or you can stay here with us and work hard and be great. And still now be at the top, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, let's take a a pivot into, um, I want to talk, before we talk about your art and we talk about everything that's fabulous, I really want to talk about your job at MUSC because literally if Kira's ever in my class, I make the, I make it known to the whole class that Kira is a heart surgeon <laughs> and that she is saving lives every day. Um, and she almost is, but not quite, but <laughs> minus t- eight years of I mean, training. Kira, what you do is freaking insane, dude. Um, so I am a nurse practitioner, um, at MUSC and I work in a cardiovascular intensive care unit, which is basically, um, heart surgery, heart failure. I mean, as woo woo as I feel like I am in my day to day life, it's about as Western intensive medicine as you can possibly do. Um, and before that I was a nurse for seven years. And I mean, in the 10 years I've worked at MUSC, I've seen a lot of shit. I've learned a lot of stuff and I've just always been super fascinated by medicine. Um, and you know, I love going there day to day because it challenges me so much. You have to learn so much. You have to be on your toes. It's like a side of your brain that, you have to engage every day that a lot of people aren't engaging. Um, so I love that about it. I love the people interaction. I love that there's no days the same. Um, and yeah, it's a really intense environment, but I'm a very intense person. So, and you and I have talked about this personally, but for our listeners, like how, not only handling like, I mean, you've been with people when they've passed and excuse me, things like that. But I mean, there's like, immediate moments where you have to make decisions and you're the one that makes them right yeah and I mean a lot of that is training obviously a lot of that is um doing it for a really long time I mean I think that when you first start at any job in medicine it is so that's the terrifying part when something happens that you aren't expecting um like how do you react in that moment and some people naturally come like deal with that well and some people don't I would say I'm somewhere probably in the middle um in my day-to-day life I would say I don't react very well to things in the moment but at the hospital um I feel like I'm kind of in a different mood and I mean if someone starts to code or something's happening I feel like my training kicks in and it's something that 
not doesn't scare me, but like I feel empowered to make decisions because of the training that I've done, but it's definitely a challenge, you know, trusting your gut and trusting your instinct and you'll never know if you're going to make the right decision. The thing with medicine that people don't realize is there's the science side of it and then there's an art to it. And the art of medicine is weighing the pros and cons Mm. and deciding quickly what the appropriate decision is based on the facts that you have. And a lot of the things could go either way. I mean, especially with heart failure patients, I work with so many brilliant heart failure doctors who I adore and they, we take care of the sickest heart failure patients, you know, in South Carolina. And a lot of it is a nuance, you know, with deciding how you're going to manage their care. And that's kind of where, like I said, the art of medicine comes in because it can't all just be like what you see in the books. You have to take into account so many physical, emotional, family, all these social things. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that you don't just see from like a textbook or, you know, going to class every day. Well, and I think like without sharing too much, you've shared with me. I'm like, I'm very curious. I'm always like, okay, did, did anyone like die on your shift and sometimes you're like yeah and I'm like are you okay and you're like they needed to and I feel like you have that perspective that me as someone who's just like sitting on the side of the road doesn't and I think I could say like one thing I know for a fact after 10 years and this sounds really morbid to anyone that's not in healthcare, but that there's like a lot worse things than dying mm. She's almost going to cry, but she's not yet. No, I'm not. I already told her before. I was like, I'm going to cry, so don't say anything about it. (laughs) That's why I love you. Um, I cry all the time. Is there any, can you tell us like the craziest story you've had or not? You might not be able to. I don't know. We didn't talk before. Um, I mean, the time. I mean, I feel like. Could you tell me like, could you tell the catheter story? I feel like a lot of things that happen that are like really crazy were when I was a bedside nurse because this, well, now that I'm a nurse practitioner, you're kind of on the other side. You're not doing like the everyday grunt work of it, you know, which is like why nurses are literal saints and Ugh. deserve all the praise in the world. Seriously. Um, and also like why the burnout's so high because you're just like having to like do physical labor on top of all these other decisions you're making every day. But I mean, you know, you'll just get a patient admitted and lift up a breast flap while you're doing a bath and there's just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich under there. You swear to God you're not lying. Yes. A peanut butter and jelly sandwich under a breast flap. Yes. What what did you say? I'm like 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 a honey or like a half. Did you lose your snack? And she said, oh, I don't remember what she said, but I mean, you'll find all kinds of stuff in the folds and the creases. And I mean, we had a we had a patient one time up in the like, in well, the let s- me just pause care for a second. Her boyfriend, who's basically her husband, um, David, who I adore, they are you guys do the same thing. Yes. And you have like tracked each other. Like you were both bedside nurses and then you were both, now you're both nurse practitioners on the same floor. Yes. So I always say he followed me um, because we both worked in, we both worked (laughs) in uh, the medical surgical ICU as bedside nurses. And he was in love with me from the day he met me, although he will not admit it. And I was (laughs) dating someone else. And, but the first time that I went out with David, like as a group, 
I went home with him, but like not home with him really, but like kind of. And, <laughs> and David brings I'm that having, up. I'm having a giggle. David brings <laughs> that up all the time. He's like, this bitch came home with me and she had a boyfriend on the first time. We did not do anything. That was not my intention. Got it, got guys. it, got it. And so then um, we ended up getting together and then I went to uh, graduate school and started working in the um, cardiovascular ICU. And then he went to graduate school and he started working in the CVICU. He just couldn't be without you. I know. And everyone at work was like very nervous that didn't know him before he started working He's a, with us. He is a love. But they were like, what is it going to be like when y'all work together? And he's funny and he's super sarcastic. And like, I don't know if he actually likes me, but I like him. So it kind of makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> he, he doesn't like that many people. So don't worry. Does he like me? Um, Deciding. It depends what, ah! kind of, what kind of influence you've had on me lately. Um, we'll talk about that later, <laughs> you. Um, but so, but then he came and worked with us. And the other day I said to him, I was like, I'm so sad you're not working tomorrow because he's just my favorite person to be with. And now a word from our sponsor. Looking to buy or sell in the Charleston area? We got you. You got to check out my girl, Audra Walters from Front Porch Properties. Audra works with both buyers and sellers, but what sets her apart from other agents is she will stage your listing for free, zero dollars. There is no charge to the sellers. This helps tremendously, especially if you are selling a rental or a second home that has no furniture or hasn't been loved in years. It also helps if you live in the house and have a large brown, ugly leather couch. She can fix it. Staging homes to sell for more money and more quickly. So why not sell with Audra? There's more. She offers free 3D virtual tours and drone videos with all her listings. It is key to get your home on social media and Audra rocks that out. You can find Audra on Instagram at Audra underscore Walters underscore CHS or frontporchpropertiessc.com. You can also always find her in my classes, turning on the freaking fans, Audra. <laughs> so check her out today. She's an awesome woman and she is super motivated. All right. So you're this amazing <clears throat> nurse practitioner. You have this wonderful boyfriend slash partner husband, and he has two children from his previous marriage and you're a great stepmom. And then art talk. I mean, like your art is making waves. Talk. Let's, let's go. Um, so I started making art about three years ago. Um, I don't even know how this idea came to me, but I just like wanted to make this collage for my little sister. And so I made her this like humongous jungle collage. And I, I guess I should preface that to say that I've always been kind of like artistic in the sense that I've always doodled a lot. And like I've made invitations for things and can like kind of do calligraphy. And, you know, I was always the girl that was doing everyone's coolers for, you know, SAE Mount weekend up at Clemson. <laughs> she got herself some some <laughs> some jobs real early, y'all. But um I never had really done anything in like art professionally, I guess. And I think a lot of it is that when I was a kid, I was always really good at school. And so I was always praised for being good at school. And like everywhere I went, they'd be like, oh, well, you're so good at math and science and, you know, took APs and was like a chemistry minor. I mean, you in. and I could not be further, <laughs> up, further, further apart. <laughs> but so when you get praised as a child, like I'm not saying that to brag, it's more to say like you get praised for something as a child and you think that's the only thing you can do. Yeah. And so I, my mom always actually encouraged my art and I always said to her like, 
well, I'm, I only like to do science, you know, and I always knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. And, um, it's funny. I was actually at dinner with one of my best friends from childhood, Russell Douglas and the other night. And she was like, I remember in the second grade, I, you drew me a picture and I said to you, like, you're going to be an artist when you grow up. And I said back to her, artists are poor, <laughs> which like isn't even true, but that's just what you're raised to think. Right. Um, and so I, you know, went to Clemson and initially wanting to go to dental school. That didn't end up happening because I decided that sounded awful. Thank and God. So, teeth are <laughs> disgusting. I hate teeth. But, you know, they got that good lifestyle. I know, but I'd like a whole new set <laughs> if anyone's so, offering. I, I'm a whore. I'll take anything. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I ended up going to nursing school and then going to graduate school. And then once I finally like became, felt like I was established, like in my career in a quote unquote real profession, then I felt free to do something creative. And I'm and like, did you do it girl? Oh baby. But I'm just a big believer in that. Like passion cannot be opened up and creativity cannot be found unless you give yourself the space to find it. Cause even after the first picture that I made and a lot of people are like, wow, this is amazing. You should do more. And I made things here and there. Then I did yoga teacher training and that took up all my free time. And so then I didn't really do anything for like another year um, besides like a few one-off things. And then last March I, um, like decided that I was going to paint something for everyone that worked at the yoga studio. And, um, so I made my first ever painting and I think the first thing I saw was the one you made for Maggie. Oh, well that was okay. So, so so first, the first thing, well, I'd already done collage before that, but but I, um, made a collage for Maggie as a thank you for being like my, you know, mentor during the whole teacher training process. And tell a little bit about Maggie and then tell, um, and so Maggie is, um, you know, she's an Aries through and through yeah, and she's fire. If you don't know what that means, you need to, you know, get more into astrology, but she's like a real tough fucking cookie, um, that will, you know, fight for anyone. And she, she ain't afraid to say how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's loyal and she's amazing and she, taught me how to speak into my power, um, while teaching yoga. And so I made her this collage and, um, gave it to her. And then Sarah was like, can you make collages of my three children? And, um, they're for John's birthday. And that's like in two weeks. So do you think you could have them by Wait, then? Wait, did I, was that, was I the first person you did kids? Yeah. Y'all. And these are so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, and so I, um, I was like, I don't think I can do kids. And she's like, I think you should try. And I was, I was like, like, oh, no, you're going to do things. <laughs> and I was like, I definitely can't have them ready in two weeks. She's like, you love a deadline. I was like, okay. I mean, that's a fact. I do love a deadline. But I just had no faith in myself. And so I made those, and they, like, kind of exploded. Um, Pause. John was turning 40, and John isn't, like, the most, like, touchy-feely guy in general. And he... The morning of his 40th birthday, we had like a bunch of people down in our uh, one of our houses in Polly's Island, and he opened them and he was crying. And he was like, "This is the most beautiful gift I've ever received." I mean, they're they're stunning. Give yourself a little cred. It's hard, but I'll try. Okay. Um, but so I made those, and then 
I actually, and I mean, kind of back to the whole, like, creativity can't thrive without room after I made those. I mean, I had people asking me for them. I didn't know, like, quite what I wanted because to do. Because I posted them. Yes, because she posted them. And, um, but I just, like, randomly one day made this love painting, and I painted it over, like, an old frame and didn't really think anything of it and posted it. And then Daniel Cohen actually bought that, and that was, like the whole start of everything. And so last year was just kind of like this crazy year of finally realizing like that I could do this and that this is what I wanted to do. Um, So it was just exciting. Well, and I think the thing about doing what you love, which I can understand as well, is it's scary as well because if it's like, what if you fail? Right. And not that you're failing, but it's like to put your heart out there. And I think like every time I teach a class, I'm like, all right, what if it sucks? I'm like, especially when my girls are in there, like when y'all are in classes afterwards, I'm like, all right, how was it? How was it? You know, and because you care so much about you. care. It's your passion. You care so much about it. And I think you should tell everybody about like when you started your website. Um, well, so I started my website. Thank you, Dorothy, my love, my manager, my best friend who built it for me. I'm sorry. Um, oh, <laughs> I have a lot of best friends. Sarah has one. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, um, she, so then we decided that we were going to do a whole love collection release like on February 14th or right before February 14th, basically. And, um, you know, I painted all these pictures. I was so nervous. I mean, every time I do something, like, I think one of Sarah's best qualities is she's, like, fearless. And I said that to her the other day. I was like, you'll fucking do anything. And, like, if I want to do anything, I have to have, like, 100 people behind me being like, it's okay, honey. It's okay. (laughs) Pat me on the back, like, hyping me up. And I'm like, okay, now I can do it. Like, I just get so terrified of like the court of public opinion even though if you're making something that means something to you it really doesn't matter and that's like a hard thing to realize and to swallow but like it's hard for me to put myself out there and people think that it's so easy for me because I'm like very over the top I'm always chatting on the Instagram camera like all that stuff but every time I do it I'm still scared of course and then I'm just like the older you get the more you're like I'm scared but I'm gonna do it anyways yeah um, and, and, so, and we're not going to be for everybody. Yes. I'm for 50% of the population. <laughs> I'm for about like 43. So it's cool. <laughs> um, and so I had all these pieces. I resined them all um, in Sarah's basement. And I worked so hard, like around the clock. Like I was waking up at, t- going to bed at 10 and waking up at 2.30 in the morning to paint. And like on top of working, on top of having the kids. And so And Kira works those those shifts at the hospital where sometimes she works at like from six PM to six AM. So we're talking like crazy fucking hours. Yes. And so then I um and I got our good friend to photograph them for us um at Sarah's house and Dorothy um put them all on the website. And so then I had so the launch was like at noon on a Friday. And I was like, okay, we've got to drink like a shit ton of alcohol before this even launches. Like I made my friend Aiken take off work because I was like, someone has to be sitting with me when we do this. And so I, um, we like hit publish and it was all gone in nine minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was like the craziest fucking thing And like people like fighting to get these pictures. 
Yeah, people were like, I put one in my card, and before I could put my credit card information in, like, it was gone. Yeah. And I was like, hate that for you, love that for me, thank you. So let's talk a little bit about, like, not only just your process of the art, but, like, what the art, because we haven't really explained, like, what the art looks like. Like, people think, like, maybe when you did portraits of me, like, you were hand-drawing these portraits, but these things are, like, funky and cool, and, like, they say fuck, and I'm like, I have one right now, I'm sitting, and we're sitting in my um, living room, and I'm looking in my dining room, and Kira did a whole a collection of bad girls, and one of them is... I say it's me, <laughs> an original bad girl. She got a martini in her hand, like got a cigarette in the other hand. And these things are like all like hand cut, cool paper. Like give us a, give us a spiel. Okay. So I love like bold, bright, anything. I am a very bold person. I'm a very bright person. Like I like color, 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 you know, I'm a beige is boring kind of gal. Um, and I... I mean, I can't really honestly paint anything realistic. Like that is not, I was um, like portraits and that kind of stuff just isn't really what I do. But I love like an abstract interpretation of something that you know. And I love lines. I love shapes. I love colors. Like what inspires me is like the interaction of a line or a shape. Like I do abstract stuff as well and I love to look at like a corner of the work and see how like the pink hits the red and like all these different colors come together and I love like working with new materials and I do collage and I do um acrylics and like every time I go to the art store I find something new and that just like gets me so revved up um and I love words. I am a big believer in the power of words. Almost all my art have some kind of word something in it. Um, I just think like as cheesy as it is, like a word can kind of change your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's cheesy. I think it's conceptual too. Like I always talk about, you know, if you were to take the things that we say in classes or if you were to like record me teaching but without looking at the room and the people moving, it would be like, what the fuck is going on? But when you have the art with it, like I always think like healing arts, you know, like visual arts, whatever it is, like if it touches somebody, it's art. Yeah. And I think like words have the power to change the world. And I think art does. And I think like, I'm like obsessed with people's stories and, um, hearing people talk like I, I listen to podcasts all day and I swear half is because I just like listening to people talk and so like the power of the spoken word the written word like however you tell your story and that can be in so many different ways like I said there's like the art of medicine like that could be how you tell your story or if you're in a yoga room or if you're like a mom that is like you know imparting wisdom onto your children like all these different things then like, that's how you tell your story. That's how you create. And I think that's, like, the most powerful thing in the world. Yeah, I love I mean, storytelling is a huge part of what we do as well. And um, so let's skip to that a little bit. Let's talk about your story. Let's talk about, like, what, you know, and you and I have said this before we got on here, but talking about, like, body positivity in the room where there is, like, I mean, and, you know, for me, just I've been in this same room for I don't even know. I always like, it's either like 18 or 15 years, but I mean, my body's changed. I've been pregnant. I've been not pregnant. I've been, you know, um, food deprivation, exercise overload, not, you know, it's like, how do you stay grounded as like a beautiful, strong woman? Um, well, I've definitely had a very disordered relationship with eating, like ever since I can remember. And like, you know, got taken to like a weight loss clinic when I was in sixth grade and like all this stuff and always been 
overweight. Um, and to my family, that was like something that was terrible, you know, like there's no worse thing than being fat, which is like not true at all. No, it's not. But, and, you're, um, and you're like absolutely one of the most beautiful <laughs> people I know. And it's, but anyway. it's like, I, it took me a long time to realize that. Go. That it's easier to like change yourself through love than to change yourself through hate. Yeah, it is. I agree. I, I agree. And that's such a, a huge testament to who you are because I think in, in the industry, one of the industries that you're in, you're clearly in, you're an overachiever. So you're in like 12 industries, but like the, the, the fitness industry is we see a lot of people that over abuse the power of what we do and hate never wins. You know, I mean, like, I'm going to totally butcher Martin Luther King Jr., but, like, dark only brings dark. Light brings light. And I, I love having people that are like me, like a mom who's almost 40, and you who's, like, the most beautiful woman in the world and, like, body positive and, like, you know, someone who's, like, little tiny Molly who's just, like, born to be, like, this little sprite, you know? And, and I think that there has to be – that's about representing stories, too, because we need to be – Different people need to be representing the same culture, but in different ways. Yeah. And I think that especially women that, like, are our age, which for the crowd, I am 35 and Sarah is she is my She is my young baby. She is my young baby. And I like to remind her and she hates it. But so uh, all the people that grew up in the 90s, like, the diet culture is just, like, so fucked up. Oh, I mean, I think I had, po- I had posters of Kate Moss. I was like, God, I want to smoke cigarettes and do cocaine with Kate Moss, right? Oh my like, God, that me is too. Like, up. if it wasn't bad for you to smoke cigarettes, like, I would be smoking a cigarette all the time. Like, okay, I'm just going to, like, drink water, drink martinis, and smoke cigarettes. Like, that was the 90s culture we grew up in. Like, I mean, like, our parents were giving us fucking snack wells. Like, a hundred. Oh, 100, my God, snack wells. <laughs> I just had the taste in my mouth. <laughs> like, a hundred calorie pack stuff. Like, why were we given, like, stuff that was like, this is only a hundred calories? My mom had a mini trampoline in her bedroom, and God bless, I love her so much, and would, like, do, like, cottage cheese and cantaloupe, get on her mini trampoline, watch General Hospital, and smoke a cigarette. And I was like, well, that's how you got to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and it was just, like, this pervasive thing and I mean just now in the past like two years it's like finally diet culture is being dismantled but we like everyone I feel like that grew up any part of the 90s 2000 early 2000s is so indoctrinated in diet culture and thinking there is no worse thing than gaining five pounds Mm. and like I've been skinny before and I wasn't any happier than like so it's like it's, and Kira, let me just speak, and I know we're, we're different, but I've been, I was, and you were in my class the other day when I was talking about, I, after I had my twins, I had such bad postpartum, and for those listeners that know, like, I worked so hard to have these babies, and within six weeks, because I was, so the twins were born, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do. So within six weeks, because I couldn't control it, Della was in the NICU, I lost almost 50 pounds. And that was not healthy. That was me totally controlling what I ate, working out before I should work out because I was like, okay, I can control this, right? And people were like praising me. They're like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. I'm like, oh yeah, weight's just falling off as I'm like literally eating like 300 calories a day because I was like, I can do this one thing. And it's it's so applauded. And it's, is that a word? Yeah. Okay, cool. And it's, 
I would love to break down that conversation because to your, what your, to your point, excuse me, is that like at where I am now, um, I've put on several pounds over the pandemic, whatever. I've never been more successful with the business and I feel like I'm stronger in my classes. And I had this mentality for so long that like skinny equals happy, skinny equals happy, skinny mm-hmm. equals happy, skinny equals happy. If you're skinny, everybody will love you. It'll be fine. But instead I was just like grumpy and hungry and tired. Yeah. And we are taught to equate our weight with our worthiness and our ability to be loved. And it's like so far from the truth. So far. I could not agree more. So how do we break that stigma down? Because I have a daughter and I need your help. Because you have a daughter who's older. I don't know. So my uh, best friend, um, who I've already talked about, Dorothy, but she's a... um, eating disorder clinician, um, for teenagers. And so we talk about this like all the time because just like the pervasiveness of it. we talk about how, like whenever you go to dinner with a group of women, even now I'm surrounded by like empowered, badass, amazing women. Everyone's like, I'm going to be bad. I'm going to get French fries. Mm. And it's like, you aren't bad because you ate French fries. Like, amen. So true though. And I mean, I've said that too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so, it's like, you're lit. It's like, like what you're saying about earlier about words I'm gonna you like what we tell her is I'm gonna be bad because I'm gonna do this yeah it's like I am bad because I'm eating french fries no you are not bad like you're a person eating french fries yeah like that's not that doesn't make you bad yeah and it's like this thing that just like I said the world's finally starting to wake up I think that the people younger than us have I mean, hopefully have a lot brighter futures. I mean, but my friend that has like the, that works at the eating disorder clinic, she only works with teenagers. Um, and she says it's, it's still like such a fucking struggle for all these teenagers. Um, and I mean, I think a lot of that's, you're going through puberty, your body's changing, especially women, like you gain weight when you're in puberty. And so that's so hard for us. And you know, like, if you think back to high school, it's like, okay, I had humongous boobs when I was in like eighth grade. And then like my best friend was completely like flat chested. And I would get attention for my boobs, but then she would just get all the boys cause she was skinny. Mm. Cause like her body just stayed skinny and mine became like a woman's body. And like, Boys don't understand that. And so you grow up this whole time, like you said, getting praised for being thin, praised for like looking like this in clothes, like all this stuff. And it gets so fucking ingrained in your psyche. Absolutely. I know. I, and, and, and I mean, to be totally transparent, it's still ingrained in mine. Like I have oh, to check myself yeah. constantly. I'm like, Sarah, like, like, and I've t- I talk about my therapist on here a lot because I'm obsessed with her and I'm scared of her and I love her. I was but, actually going to see if you could make it the whole time I without talking about I it. Can't. I can't. I know. I know. And, and, and I'm just to what Kira just said, I'm sure my, the women that work with me, they probably all have a side text all about me where they talk shit about me, but I don't want to talk about it right now because it'll make me insecure. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, I really believe it's a, and I'm learning this for the first time because I talked to her f- so much about my mom and how close we were. My mom had me when she was so young and my mom was, you know, so beautiful and she was a model and like, these were these things that were important. And she was, I mean, she was, she was my hero and she still is. And I love her, but I'm, I mean, my mom was an alcoholic and she was, had eating disordered eating and, um, and she was a great mother. However, like, these are the things that I looked at and I thought, Oh, this is what you do. Right. And And I think that a lot, like I also have a complicated relation with my mother and food, um, who is still alive and who I love dearly and is like the best mom on earth. But, um, I think that 
they want what's best for you. And so that they misplace that into you getting praise for being thin because that's what they've been told their whole lives. So then it's just, we're just passing down. It's systemic generation after generation is told thin is good, fat or overweight or whatever you want to say is bad. And that you are unworthy if you're overweight. Well, and I think it really goes to, you know, and this is different than a lot of the other systemic pain I think our country feels, but I think all um, ethnicities and races, we have our own things. And this is like, I'm not saying this is just like a a white woman thing at all. Please know that. But I do think, I remember even being young too, my mom would be like, why don't you go for a walk with me and this and that. And I'm like going through puberty, you know, and it's like, I just want to like eat nachos and watch Little Mermaid. (laughs) Why do we have to go for a walk? And I, I, I don't know other, I, I know what we've suffered with. I see the women in my industry that are suffering with it. And I don't know the right answer, but I just wish there was something that, I don't know. I think, and I think a lot about it, and this is like going to be such a mega feminist thing to say. I mean, I am a mega feminist, but like a lot of it is that if you think about all the brain power all the attention, all the time you have spent in the last 39 years thinking about your fucking body and how you can make it skinnier, like we would have solved cancer. Amen, sister. And the mic dropped. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's really true, though. It is. It takes up so much mental space. And I mean, like, you know... It's the fucking patriarchy, man. They're trying to keep us down, but we rise up. Damn man. <laughs> Feminine energy. <laughs> and and, and I want to like kind of piggyback what Kira's saying. Like I'm always a proponent of like, take care of your skin, do all these things. Because I, I think you can have depth and have both. But I think when there is an actual, you know, is it controlling me or is it, am I controlling it? Yeah. And that's when the conversation is a little bit louder. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad we talked about that, Keeks. Oh. Okay, so now that we've talked about some of that uh, serious stuff, Kira, what was your first impression of me? <laughs> it always comes back to you. Always. Um, you know, this is my podcast. Sorry, oh, weird, but Oh, God. Um, I know. I was actually going to propose being your new co-host and then found out Carter was. She's awkward. not my new co-host. Oh, oh okay. Phew. Okay. If well, you want to be. I'm applying. Oh, I questions. Damn. Okay, keep going. Um, but... Okay, so obviously I thought that you were like an uptight, Mount Pleasant rich bitch. Hey, just just go ahead and say what you want to say. Um, and you know, you your reputation precedes you. (laughs) (laughs) That's that Taylor Swift song, big reputation, big (laughs) reputation, big reputation. Uh, Oh, you got one of those. I do too. It's okay. Okay. You know, I didn't get into a sorority my freshman year because I had a QR. That's a questionable reputation. Okay. I didn't get into a sorority because I didn't get into a college. (laughs) So let's talk about that. And can we go back to, do you, do you really think I'm a Mount Pleasant? Not that it doesn't matter if you live in Mount Pleasant. But you should never be a stuck-up rich bitch. I but mean, you can be I? rich. No. I mean, now that I know you as my dearest friend. Um, I think that's a sweet... My dad always says that. He's like, this is my dear friend. I'm like, this is like, like an old Jewish man. I'm like, this is my dear friend. But I like to be best. This is my dear best friend who has 1,200 best friends. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but now that I know you, I will say like... 
Not to toot your own horn, um, but you, I don't think it is a coincidence that you came into my life and then my life like took off. Um, Cause you're like just a champion of people and you're not someone that ever sees any competition. Like you think that if a woman succeeds, we all succeed, which is something I like to think in theory, but it's sometimes hard for me to practice within my heart. But you truly think that you're gonna make me cry now. <laughs> but, um, it was actually this morning in yoga, I was talking about like, I feel like everyone has that one word that when someone says that word to them, it's just like, Oh, that's like the best word to me. And, um, I, my word is like proud. And like when people tell me they're proud of me, that's like, Oh my God, it's just like warms me. And, um, I always like tell my parents, they never told me they were proud of me when they were growing up. And they're like, we told you all the time. And I was like, well, I don't fucking remember. And this is my version <laughs> of the truth. So like, I remember the, f- the first day, the day we were talking about earlier when like I sold out my, you know, first collection in nine minutes and it was just so crazy. And I was like riding high. And the next morning I went to yoga and like Sarah had put a mat down for me and then a bottle of champagne and a note. And next to it just said, proud Sarah. and I was like oh my god it was just too much like you're just like you're a good girl no keeks (laughs) you're a good girl I love you so much and I I think I do believe that um the feminist in me believes that uh we got to support each other hugely hugely because I mean it's so important to if we're not supporting each other, all we're doing is making each other feel bad. And then all we're doing is creating more problems. Yeah. You know? And like, of course there's all different people, but like for the most part, the people that you want to surround yourself with are people that are doing really amazing shit. Yeah. And we're all doing the fucking best we can. Yeah. And I mean, we've said it before, we'll say it again, but like, fuck the patriarchy, you know? Wait, I do have a question for you though. Okay. Do you ever get jealous of people? I don't think I get jealous of people. I think, let me try to think about the right way. I don't get jealous of people and I don't think I get threatened of people. I get insecure of myself. So instead of like, I don't put it on other people, I internalize it and I think, how can I do better? What can I do? And like, even going back to the weight thing, how can I be thinner? How can I be more marketable? What can I do? Um, I don't look at people and think it's, it's on them. I literally look at it and think it's on me, which I know is, um, you know, uh, a thing, something I'm working on right now, but. But I think also, I mean, seems like a better alternative than just being jealous of someone else. Cause at least that's something you can control. I mean, but then I guess you're putting all these expectations on yourself. That are yeah. I mean, no, I, 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 and I, I don't say that in like in a way to, to say that jealousy isn't a thing because I, I know that, that people feel that and it's, it's an emotion and it's real, but like, I really don't. I think I just, I beat the shit out of myself versus doing that. Yeah. Um, okay. Now that I said all these nice things about you, what's your favorite thing about me? Okay, guys. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you my favorite thing about you. And then Kira's going to tell you all the cool shit she's about to be up to. So my favorite things about Kira is she comes in always like arms wide open, big freaking huge hugs. She's like, are you so happy to see me? <laughs> and I'm like, I am so happy to see you. Um, Kira is creative and she's wonderful and she's thoughtful. And like this past Monday, 
I was just having a really shitty day and she had to be at work at 6 a.m. I saw her on Sunday. She had to work at 6 a.m. and she didn't know, but like we kind of have this like kismet connection. And by 7.15, I was pulling into Whole Foods to go get like all my Tapo Chico's and like my highballs high balls and all my drinks for the day. And she, I'll, I get a text, are you okay? And I was like, why? And she's like, are you okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> and she cares and you don't judge people at all. And I think what's great about Kira too is like her creativity and my creativity, we work together and also we're both open to feedback. So if I teach a class and I'm like, what'd you think? She's like, love this, da, da, da. This was like a little kind of, eh. and so I always like, I love people that can be honest with you and you're very honest and she's a freaking boatload of fun y'all. I mean, she, this woman, damn, she has a time, a time and she, her dog, she thinks her dog's a, a child. <laughs> And he's 600 pounds. I can't believe he's not at my house right now. I was 100% sure she was going to bring Manny. I was about to. And then I was like, oh, it seems inappropriate. <laughs> but, you know, I will say Carter told me that she hates when people um, act like their dogs are children. But in my family, we would all kill each other before we killed Manny. So, like, he is the most important You know, Carter's part. great, but she's not everything. Right. So, I mean, I don't mind Manny being here. He, and he doesn't shed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, w- I will say... You know, I'm, I've been known to be the life of the party. You are the, li- you are the life of the party, sister. And you're- I, I think that if you're having fun, you're doing it right. I agree. If you're having fun, you're doing it right. If you're taking care of people you love, you're doing it right. And if you're being accountable for who you are, you're doing it right. Like every day I'm at work at the hospital, if it's a weekday during the day where the nurse manager's there, I get in trouble every day for laughing too loud and you know what when she walks into our alcove and says you're making too much noise i'm like so sorry for having fun at work (laughs) and then she probably laughs at you (laughs) all right carter can't leave us alone so she really has to like get her way in here and ask us some questions i just couldn't wait to listen to this podcast all right y'all here we go i'm gonna ask you some rapid fire questions are you ready ready all right you might need a little more than five seconds it's okay if you go over you will not be penalized (laughs) All right, let's start with Kira first. Who is your celebrity crush? Oh, God. If you were not with David. Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Florence Welch. (laughs) Okay, right. I forgot. Um, If you could be one person for a day, who would it be and why? Ashley Longshore, because I'm obsessed with her. She's my idol. John, because he lives the best fucking life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, one fun fact about yourself. I know that this is hard, but just think, you know. You've done this before at camp. One fun fact. I'm so Something that fun. no one would ever know. Super weird. I can't even think of Sarah's. Come on. Oh, God. You go, Sarah. Okay. This is so weird about me. <laughs> oh, weird. So, I can do weird. So I probably. don't chew gum sticks a lot. You know, like gum that comes in like the foil wrappers. But you smack it when you but, do. Ma'am, pause. This is my question. <laughs> but when I used to chew it, I had this weird like superstition. I would take the gum out of the packet and I'd have to wiggle around my hands before I took the wrapper off and put it in my mouth. <laughs> And now y'all know I'm a psychopath. (laughs) Interesting. Um, Okay, well, when I was at camp, I played Daddy Warbucks in the play (laughs) of Annie. (laughs) That's really perfect for you. (laughs) All right, what was your first job? I was, well, I babysat, but then I was a lifeguard. And I thought it was going to be, like, so fun and sexy, and it was so fucking boring. Not sexy? Nah. I worked at Manhattan Bagels and put on 600 pounds and (laughs) got fired. (laughs) Uh, First kiss and where were you? 
Um, I maybe I have a terrible memory. Sixth grade, maybe like playing truth or dare behind the school during football games. Girl or boy? Boy. Um, it was this boy Cody. I think that was his name. Yes, and he went on to be like a professional football player, I think. But wow. he was like my first real like boyfriend. Boyfriend. I think I was also in the sixth or seventh grade. I think so. Yeah. Vinyasa or works? Vinyasa. Works. What does success mean to you? Um, getting up every day and feeling fulfilled and energized by your community and having a lot of fun. Mm. I second Kira. Definitely having a lot of fun and also remembering that your failures are part of your success. Best advice you've ever been given to date? Well, you're going to have to go. You go. It's always darkest before the dawn, baby. Florence. Slub crush. <laughs> um, I guess, like, whatever happens, it's going to be okay. True. Okay, morning or night person? Morning. Morning. How do you stay up so late at night painting? I don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs. Pizza or nachos? Pizza. Pizza. Happy place? Um, probably at... Sarah's house <laughs> on the porch, free booze, a light breeze, a pool if you need it. A couple endless, kids. Endless entertainment. Seriously. <laughs> Kara lives here like she's my kids. Um, this sounds so cliche, but honestly, lately it's been at the works after hours. Like I don't want to go to a bar. I don't want to go to a restaurant. I just literally want to be there with the few people that I love to be with and just hang out. Folly or Sullivan's? Sullivan's, but I don't like the beach. Mm. Kira hates sand. Um, you know, I love Sullivan's, but man, Folly's cool. Folly. All right. This concludes our round of rapid fire. Thank you guys. Thank you, Carter, for coming along. Thanks so much, Carter, for being so professional always. All right, Kira, before we have to wrap, tell us what's next for you, where we can find you on Instagram, uh, website, everything. Okay. Um, so my next collection drop is April 16th, uh, 2021. I think that's two or three Fridays from now. Um, the collection is going to be called Be More You because, you know, the older I get, the more I realize taking up space exactly as, as you are is your mission on earth. And is going to be bold and loud, and there's going to be some big ass pieces that I don't know if anyone will buy, but they're going to make me happy. Oh, they're going to buy them. They're going to buy them. And um, lots of color, lots of fun. Um, And that'll be at noon. Um, And my on my website, which is kiramendenhall.com, that is K I I R A. M-E-N-D-E-N-H-A-L-L. I asked my mom if she named me Kira because she knew I was going to be a celebrity. And she said that I was insufferable. So, you know. <laughs> She's, we call her Shakira at work. Shakira. Um, and my Instagram is the same, Kira Mendenhall. And give me a follow and send me a DM because besides Maggie Austin, I'm the chattiest gal on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked this podcast, which I'm sure you did, because you know, Kira's the best, send it to your friends, rate us, review us, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you guys and we'll see you next week. And if you want me to be the new co-host, just like send a vote to Sarah. <laughs> We'd love that actually. Actually, I would love that. 